This is Sigma Duocast Presents Night Spectacle. I know, I've changed the name three times. <laughs> Hopefully I come to a conclusion of what I really want to call it. It's just been working it out, working out all the kinks on how I really want this segment to be. But as of right now, that's the title I'm I'm kind of sitting on, so kind of digging it. Anyways, welcome. Um, this is the segment from Sigma Duocast that, we, that I review. I review films, TV shows, video games, what have you. Um, today we are doing a film. Um, if it's your first time listening on this segment, this is how my review system works. I will talk about some facts about the film. Um, I kind of go into five different categories. Uh, the story, acting, visuals, the score, which is music of the film. And then that fifth one is kind of like a free for all. We just kind of discuss, I just talk about whatever that, you know, pertains to the film. Was it, you know, was it slow pace? Was it, um, you know, did it run too long? Things like that. And then I give you a rating. Um, right now I'm using a star system. Five stars means it's really good. Um, the star can be a full star, half star, or no stars. So if it has no stars, it's crap. Five stars, it's great. Um, and then all that is spoiler free, so I don't go into any spoilers. But then after I give the rating, depending on the film, I like to go into spoiler territory, kind of deep dive the film a little bit more. Um, if needed, uh, today's film that I'm reviewing is Marvel's Eternals, which I'm going to be very vague into the review because I don't want to give anything away. And then in the spoiler section at the end there, I want to talk a little bit more about the film and definitely go into spoiler section. So that way we can, you know, process the film a little bit more and a little bit more properly. Um, but yeah, so let's get started. Marvel's Eternals came out today. I saw it last night. IMAX here in my local theater. Um, as you know, I always got to go Thursday re- previews. I can't do Friday or the weekends. Just, it's too chaotic. Um, this movie is two hours and 37 minutes. And I wish I had this up, but I didn't. It is PG-13. Um, as far as why it's PG-13... Let's see if I can find a description. Uh, fantasy, violence, and action, some language, and brief sexuality, which I'm going to jump into right away. So you'll hear me say this a couple times throughout the review is that this is not your typical Marvel film. Um, it doesn't really follow the formula that the previous films have where, you know, it's just like kind of drama, action, comedy, and then rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, this one definitely takes a different approach. Um, it's a lot more serious. Um, and it's a little more, you know, focus on the characters and development. Um, so that being said, there are some new things to the this Marvel film that no Marvel film has done before. Um, two of them are a little bit, they're, one is a little more controversial than the other, I would say. Um, but the first one is that this film does feature a sex scene. So not like in depth or anything like that. So don't be, this ain't Skinamax, but, um, it does feature two characters where they get intimate and, you know, they have sex. It's clear as day that they're doing that. Um, all you do see is, uh, the camera is like on top, like by about midway half the back of them so you don't you just really kind of see torso and up nothing else but you can tell 
you know what you're doing. So if you have kids that you take to Marvel films and you're one of those parents that will allow them to enjoy all the violence and all the cuss words and all that stuff, but they cannot whatsoever um, see any type of sexual stuff. Just giving you a heads up that is in the movie. So either don't take them or cover their eyes, what have you. Um, but that is not as controversial, controversial. I can't even speak that there's not much controversy. There we go. Let's, let's just use that word. Um, then the other thing, and the other thing is that this is the first Marvel film, as far as I can tell that feature a hero, let alone one of the main characters that is gay. So, um, in the film, this character is married. It's a guy, African-American character, um, who's married to a Middle Eastern uh, gentleman. They're married and they briefly kiss in the movie. Um, and that is what's getting a lot of controversy, specifically in the regions of like in the Middle East and, you know, the other side of the world. There's a lot of controversy there because they want the, those particular regions want this film to be censored. Basically that scene removed uh, probably all of the, the entire thing you know change verbiage and stuff like that but disney's refusing to do that so therefore the movies are being pulled um so that's kind of the new story that's kind of circulating right now and everyone's making a big stink out of it so you know what i mean at the end of the day it's 2021 man you know i really don't care if you see dudes kissing girls kissing interracial it doesn't matter i mean it is what it is i mean it, it, the thing that got me is that it's not even like forced on you in anything it's it's done very very um normal like if it was just a male and female like it, it was really nothing just standing out so i don't know so just a heads up those are two things in the film if you're uh concerned is that you know you have an openly gay character um and you have a sex scene briefly so that's that pg-13 now uh eternals is the third film in marvel uh, cinematic universe phase four first being black widow then shang chi legend of the ten rings and now this one and this is actually the third film that takes place after avengers endgame following spider-man far from home shang chi and now eternals um let's see how can i how can we do this let me read you the let's go into the story and let's see so the synopsis is Eternals follows a group of heroes from beyond the stars who had protected the earth since the dawn of man. When monstrous creatures called the deviants long thought lost to history mysteriously return, the Eternals are forced to reunite in order to defend humanity once again. So I can't dive too much into the story in this segment because this is spoiler free. Um, later in this, I will dive more into it i can tell you this that synopsis isn't entirely accurate that is the official synopsis from disney marvel and there's a reason for it um you have to watch the film um it it's proposed that way like that's kind of how we get everything but there's some pretty good twists and turns in the story that um goes a different direction and uh, I, I personally enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed the story. This movie, by the way, is getting the worst, like, reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, official, you know, professional critics, uh, some fans. Um, they're really hating this movie. Um, 
even some of my uh, uh, peers, they seen the movie and they were kind of perplexed with it. Like, I don't know what I just saw. Didn't really, you know, weren't feeling it, this and that. Um, I like the story. The story is there's like, it kind of jumps around, not really jumps around too much, but it kind of goes through different seven, I think seven different times throughout history. Um, because the Eternals, again, these guys have been around for what it's say 7,000 years. Um, so, you know, they don't age or anything like that. They're superhuman. And um, it jumps around. So we see different, and it jumps around for purpose. Like we, every time it goes back in time, um, like there's a reason for it. And it's mainly for character development. You know, what event happened here or what have you to develop that character. This movie has 10 uh, Eternals, 10 heroes that we are following. They've never been introduced before. Um, and they do a really good job as far as establishing them. I was really concerned because, you know, Marvel, they tend to take their time when they do, uh, you know, an ensemble cast, you know, to assemble a group of people, you know, with Avengers, they did, you know, two Iron Man films, uh, one that developed Iron Man, another one that continued Iron Man, but then introduced Black Widow. And then you had Thor slightly introduced Hawkeye. Then you had Captain America and then you had the Incredible Hulk. Um, and then you had the Avengers. And so you didn't really have to do too much there. And, you know, a lot of people had issue with the, well, everyone has issue with the theatrical cut of Justice League, but a lot of people before the movie even came out, a lot of people were like, well, why are they doing that? We had Man of Steel. Then we had Man of Steel and it introduced Batman who played a significant role. And then you had a quick introduction of Wonder Woman and then you had a Wonder Woman film and then you had Justice League. We now know why the theatrical one sucked and there was so much to it This with the Zack Snyder Justice League, you know, four hours long to establish the rest of the characters. And then even then, after the theatrical Justice League, we saw Aquaman and we had a better understanding of Aquaman and we're like, all right, cool. Um, so, they, But it didn't really work. The formula wasn't really there. So that was DC's attempt and Marvel's attempt is to give everyone their own story before we join together. Now we jump into this and we have 10 characters just jumped in. So what makes it easy is that all these characters, when you watch the film, they're all have kind of the same origin. Um, so when you watch the film, they explain that. Um, and so it made it a lot easier. So the only thing to really kind of uh, explain, which they did in two hours and 37 minutes, was each person's abilities and kind of the emotional impact they have. Um People wonder, okay, you've been, the Eternals have been here since the dawn of man. In the trailer, you see uh, Kit Harrington's character ask, um, uh, what's her name? Gemma Chan's character. They ask her, hey, you know, why didn't you guys help with Thanos? Why didn't you guys help with all the horrible wars and events that we've had? And she says in the trailer, well, we were instructed that we couldn't intervene. So we kind of see what kind of emotional toll that would do. Imagine you being a superhuman that, you know, been around for many years and knowing you have the ability to stop or change an outcome, but are forced not to, you know, not to intervene. So we do see the breakdown of that. Um, this film is directed by Chloe Zhao. I don't really know any of her previous films. Um, she's only done a few. She's more on the independent side of things, more character driven and it's very evident in this movie. Um, this movie is definitely, like I said earlier, not a typical Marvel movie. It's really focused on character development. Um, it's mellow pace. And what I mean by that is that, you know, there's a lot of narrative. Um, not a lot of, uh, I mean, you get a decent amount of action, 
there's not like an over and abundance of action. And then you have some comedy, mo- comedic moments, but it's not like an overbearing, um, like, uh, like previous movies, like for example, infinity Avengers, infinity war, where it's all serious in the beginning, Dr. Strange and all them explaining the infinity stones. And then, you know, Tony Stark having to squeeze in a joke about Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Like it's just really out of nowhere, you know? So they really kind of just those type of comments are flushed out of the film and the dialogue. And they're really focused on being grounded characters. And when they want to be funny, it makes sense. It's not like forced funny. Um, so yeah, so again, I don't think this is going to be your typical Marvel film for everyone. If you're just a Marvel film fan and just like to popcorn blockbuster, this might not be your film. This is definitely a, a different pace, different style film. Um, that I personally enjoyed. I actually really enjoyed um, the story. Again, the story and the character development was just, it was just fantastic. But we'll talk more about it in a little bit because, again, I can't give it away um, in this part. So next, let's talk about the cast. So full, big, big cast here. I knew a handful of, uh, actually, almost all the characters minus maybe two. Um, of the Eternals. So the main character we have, um, Gemma Chan played Xerxes. So she actually has been in a Marvel film. She was in Captain uh, Marvel. She played Minerva. So, you know, she had looked like an alien in that one. Blue alien. Sniper. Really cool. Um, easy to put her here because she looked more human than anything. Um, then we had Richard Madden play Icarus. Uh, Richard Madden, Game of Thrones. Uh, I've seen a couple of the movies with him. He's in one of the movies. I forget what it's called, but he's with Idris Elba. Loved it. So I'm really, uh, uh, I really enjoyed that. We had Kumali Najini play Kingo. Sorry, my phone is going off. Let me mute this stuff. And um, I'm a big fan of this uh, actor. Um, I liked him in, uh, he's in a, the HBO Max um TV show Silicon Valley hilarious in there so I was really excited to see him there uh, Sprite played by Leah McHugh I don't know this person um, this actress so um, I don't know if this is her first time acting let me take a quick check nope she's been in a couple other things nothing that I've seen before uh, she's a cool character actually uh, she did a good job uh, Brian Tyree Henry played Fastos um, this is the character that's put that is uh, gay in the film and uh, did a phenomenal job. I really enjoyed him. His uh, his acting's portrayal. I think he had um, one of the best scenes and one of the best character developments as far as being like with ethics and integrity. Um, I think uh, he really hit out of the park. Uh, he's been in previous films. You guys might have seen him in. Let's see. I thought he was in Get Out. Was he not in Get Out? Was I thinking of somebody else? I was thinking about somebody else. But he was in Godzilla vs. Kong. He was in Joker. He was in another Marvel film. He played uh, Jefferson Davis in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the voice. He was um, basically Miles Morales' dad in that movie. Um, who do we got next? Makari, which is played by Lauren Rudolph. Again, this character I do not know. Or this actor I do not know. Sorry about that. Um... Yeah, she was in The Walking Dead, and she was on a couple TV shows. I don't know. I've never um, seen her anything. She did a good job. She uh, is she. Let me double check something real quick. 
I want to see because she was uh, portrayed as a deaf character and did a lot of sign language. Um, but it looks like she's not. That's not her in real life. But she did a phenomenal job. There's a lot of sign language in the in the movie, especially with her character interaction, which was really really cool. Um, Drew played by Barry Keoghan. Again, another character I've uh, another actor I've never um, seen before. Doing a quick check on movies he's been in the past. Uh, nothing that I've seen before. He is going to be in the upcoming The Batman. That'd be pretty cool. So I'll see how he does that in there. Uh, Gilgamesh, played by Don Lee. Um, seen him in Train to Busan. He was actually really cool in that movie. Um, so that was pretty awesome. Then we had uh, Kit Harrington played Dane Whitman. If you guys know who Dane Whitman is, then... You'll know my excitement for that. I will not say who he is until the spoiler part of the uh, show. Um, Ajak, played by Selma Hayek. Love me some Selma Hayek. And Thena, played by Angelina Jolie. Love me some Angelina Jolie. I mean, this was just awesome. Having Selma Hayek and Angelina Jolie in the same film. It was great. Um, so I'm not really going to detail like what these char- who they are in these characters. I, I really want you to watch the film so you can kind of learn these characters, learn their abilities. Because I think that's what's most important about this film that a lot of um, that's being missed is that, what do you call it? Um, it's, it's all about these characters and their development and how they play. Um, and then, like I said, I'll dive in a little bit more in the uh, spoiler section of, of the cast but um, or the episode. But... Um, the, they all did a phenomenal job. Acting was top notch. One of my favorites. Um, he wasn't an eternal. Um, I'm not going to say who he is because, again, I don't. In this part, I don't want to spoil it. But you'll know he is a companion to Kingo. Uh, he was phenomenal. So check that out. Uh, visuals next. So visuals. Everything that had to do with the Eternals was fantastic. Everything looked great. The Deviants, I didn't really buy into the visuals of them. Um, They really stood out CG. And there were moments they looked cool, but anything close up, it just didn't. I mean, honestly, they kind of reminded me of the monsters from Tom Cruise's movie, Live, Die, and Repeat, or Edge of Tomorrow. And I feel those looked better. Maybe because those characters were like black and usually anything that's dark colored with animation and visuals always looks better. That's why a lot of times when they do CG, they like it in dark uh, settings um, because it's easy to blend and stuff. But when you try to do anything that's um, with color and brightness, daylight, it, it's a little bit harder. You got to put a little bit extra more work into it. Um, and that's kind of how it felt with these characters because not only was there quite a few daylight scenes, um, which really stood out there, uh, they're like just not that great CG. Um, they had like kind of like this like rainbow blue color to them. Um, that was interesting. And I don't mean like rainbow, like every color just had like that purple bluish shimmer across their bodies every now and then. Um, so I don't really think about that. Um, everything else on visually looked pretty fantastic. Um, I really like the visuals for the Eternals when they were using their powers. Um, it, it, it worked really well. Um, the score was done pretty good. The music, you know, typical Marvel film as far as music goes. Um, it sounded really good. Uh, Raman, I can't pronounce his last name, but Dijwadi, uh, he did it. He did the score for this and he's done a lot. He's done Game of Thrones, um, Pacific Rim. 
he's done a couple of video games, Medal of Honor, Gears of War, Gears 4, Gears 5, uh, Jack Ryan. Um, I really do enjoy his music. So the music was really good, um, well-fitted to the events, and especially when there were some you know dramatic sequences and whatnot. And then, and then the free-for-all. So free-for-all, uh, I kind of already kind of addressed it a lot. You know, there was those, but they're not my issues. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, I don't have a problem with the the suggestive scenes, the sexual content, the sex scene, I guess, uh, the gay character and his interaction. Like, that stuff didn't bother me. Um, it did feel long, but at the same time, not really. If you're not into the movie, it's going to feel like a long movie and you're probably not going to like it. Um, but if you get sucked into the characters and you're invested to what's going on and not expecting, I had no expectation going into this film, by the way, I don't know too much of the Eternals on the comic book side of things. I just know a lot of MCU, um, which is why I'm really excited for what's to come in this film or, you know, in the future after this film. But, um, but yeah, no, if, uh, if you're not, if you're going into expecting Iron Man, Spider-Man, you know, just Avengers action, you're going to be really disappointed. Um, and the movie will feel long, um, if you go into that, into the film with that state of mind. So just be aware of that. Other than that, I thought it was cool. Uh, the pacing was fine. Again, when they jumped back and forth, it was, it was good in a sense that there was purpose behind it. So, um, overall out of five stars, I'm going to give it three and a half. And as far as why I give it three and a half, again, I'll, to, get a better understanding i'll go into it in the spoiler section in a little bit um but three and a half stars um it was good again it's just there's just certain elements that i, that I just didn't didn't really care for too much but i am really really excited for what's to come so anyways three and a half stars Marvel's Eternals. There are two post-credit scenes. I forgot to say at the very beginning, but there are two post-credit scenes, one in the mid and one at the very end. Um, but yeah. So, all right. I'm going to go into spoiler of the film. Uh, I'm going to try to circle back. Hopefully I don't repeat myself. I don't have any, I didn't write any notes for myself. So I'm just going to go off the top of my head. Um, so again, if you don't, if you haven't seen the movie and you want to watch it, um, you know, you can uh, stop listening now, come back to the after. Um, otherwise, if you've seen the movie already, sit tight. If you don't care, then continue. But again, final uh, warning, spoiler coming up, a um, little bit more of a deep dive into the film. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Now how I really feel about Eternals. <laughs> So I, again, I enjoyed this film. I like what's to come. Um, my problem with the film is, again, when I said, when I gave that synopsis, which, oops, sorry, let me go back to it real quick. Eternals follows a group of heroes from beyond the stars who had protected Earth since the dawn of man when monstrous creatures called the Deviants, long thought lost to history, mysteriously return. The Eternals are forced to reunite in order to defend humanity once again. That, I, the reason I said that wasn't even accurate is because that's really not what the movie's about. The movie is about the Celestials. This is, this is the big thing about this movie is we get a better understanding of the Celestials. Um, my biggest takeaway from this movie was that not the Eternals, 
not the deviants, which honestly were throwaway characters. They were literally pointless in this movie. Um, you know, they served a purpose when they needed to, but they they weren't the big bad. They weren't going to make or break anything. They 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 were useless, and that's kind of that kind of sucked because there's really no villain in this movie because the real villains was um, the internal conflict that a, the, all the characters had. And then the change of heart. So we really find out in the movie um, the true purpose of why the Eternals were sent to Earth. And it ties back to the Celestials. Um, Basically what happens is we have these Celestials who are like these space beings that uh, they were were supposed to exist after... I forgot forgot what uh, the exact words that um, Benicio del Toro's character used the collector in guardians of the galaxy is like before the convert, not the convergence, but before their um, basically when like the big bang, when life started with the infinity stones, um, yeah, the celestials that came after and they kind of fine tuned, you know, life civilization. And so basically what the celestials do, their purpose is to um, essentially impregnate planets with a uh, offspring of a celestial and the ability of what a celestial has once they're born is they're able to create essentially galaxies universes uh this could be a hint of how marvel's multiverse is born and how it comes to exist um which is very interesting and then again a lot of people oversee this um, and again, a lot of stuff, I'm kind of just basing it off just MCU stuff, the MCU knowledge, MCU lore, and then just some comic, some comic book stuff. Um, and then some of it's just my speculation, what I, what I think is going to happen, but the way it works is, um, they essentially impregnate a planet and the way for the planet to way for the celestial to basically be born, um, is there needs to be enough energy and the energy they use is kind of matrix ish. They use humans. So the more humans, the more population, that's the energy. Somehow it absorbs your energy uh, through the Earth's core and everything, and then boom, a celestial is born. But when a celestial is born, it destroys the planet and it's on, um, but then it goes off to uh, you know, create a whole new universe, a whole new galaxy, a whole new set of planets, whole new civilizations. So it's kind of like the, the greater good of things. You, know, you sacrifice some to, to build more. And when you find out is the Eternals were creations of the Celestials to help progress, you know, intelligent life. And then you had Deviants that kind of, in the comics, I believe the Deviants were created by the Celestials as well. I don't, I honestly, I don't remember in the film if it, if it was stated that the Deviants were created by the Celestials. I think there were, but it's really the combatant, you know, their purpose is to stop them from doing it because they know the truth and they don't want you know, to do that, you know, they just want to rule the planet, I guess, or kill the celestials. Again, the deviance was like the only thing in the movie that just really wasn't flushed that fleshed out as far as their purpose, what they do and this and this and this, it just kind of, I don't know. They, they were just there. That's the only negative thing really that I have when it comes to this, to the story. Um, but anyways, the Eternals, you find out, they think they're just people from a, from a planet Olympia. They had this whole thing, but then you find out that they were actually just creations. They're essentially kind of like drones. They're robots in a sense, just clones of one another. And 
they get their memories wiped and then reprogrammed to go and do this. They do this over and over and over, but they don't remember um, that they do this. They don't remember that they go into a planet and they create life, help progress life. And then once the, I think they call it the emergence or whatnot, when the celestial is being born, um, you know, destroys earth, you know, and then they leave the, the eternals leave. They go back to uh, the main celestial. I forgot his name was uh, Ar- Arsham, Arsham, something like that. And, you know, they deposit their memory banks there and then they kind of get, you know, clean wiped and then get sent out to another planet and re- repeat the process. They do it over and over and over. That's really the purpose of the Eternals. You find the, what happens is the Eternals find out, um, you know, they're more than just that. They actually find out the truth. So Ajak, who's like kind of the leader of the Eternals, she communicates with the Celestial and she knows the full plan and everything. And then at some point in the timeline from, you know, dawn of man till present day icarus finds out of the he found out the whole plan so icarus has lives by his morals and duty and ethics of what he was what he's supposed to do which is continue with the mission you know regardless of killing everyone and everything where all the uh, most of the other eternals have grown to be to live with the humans they learn humanity they know what it means to to be alive to be a human to to you know just the purpose of mankind in a sense um and you see it you see it you you, they go through it they learn they they make mistakes they 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 learn how to just accept conflict and and accept love and all kinds of stuff so it's really moving like i said the eternal the the characters are pretty in depth and i really love how they how the story was told um, but again, my big takeaway was the fact that we just learned that celestials, how they're born when we learn more about the celestial, which is huge. I, I don't understand why people aren't losing their mind more over that than anything else in this movie. Not to mention that earth has a celestial baby in its core. And not only that, but the whole movie, so it becomes where they try to stop the emergence. I think that's what it's called. I keep saying the wrong thing, maybe. Let me make sure. Gosh darn it, because I don't want to be saying the wrong thing here. Let me do a quick... Ah, where'd it go? Um, yeah, emergence. I was saying it right. <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, the fact that, you know, it's, it's being born. So the Eternals, so half the team minus Icarus and one other character uh, are essentially stopping them and they're trying to do their thing and, and or trying to stop the emergence and the others are trying to stop them from stopping the emergence. There we go. Um, so basically they, they're, they succeed. They stop it, but not before like fingers of the celestial comes from the Indian ocean, half its head sticking out. Like there's literally a celestial in the Indian ocean on planet earth. Like, if that wasn't the most climatic ending to have to see and, and 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 just comprehend what that means, I don't know what to tell you. Like if you're an MCU fan, Marvel fan, you follow these and you understand how powerful these these beings are, and the fact that one is literally living, I believe his name was Tiamut, that celestial is living is is Earth. 
like mind freaking blown and it really just asks so many questions like what where is this gonna go i mean earth now has a celestial i can't stress that enough guys i really can't like that is huge so and so another con real quick that I had was it's not really a it's a con, but it's like it, whenever these big event things happen, it always makes me wonder, like, where are all the other Avengers? Like, where's Doctor Strange? Where's everyone else? Like, surely everyone has everything to know. So it, it drives me to think of one hero or one franchise. Now, we got a tidbit in Avengers Endgame. Now, I thought it had to do with the potential villain or hero villain Namor. But in the Avengers Endgame during um after the blip you see natasha uh talking to you know captain marvel rocket war machine and then she's talking to okoye from black panther and she mentions like hey what's going on like oh we have some we have some earthquakes underwater and he's like well what are you gonna do about it well we just let it let it be it's our thing so now i'm kind of wondering is that was that a tease to namor or was that a tease of the celestial because now we got potential black panther story tying into that which would make a lot of sense because celestials you know high power this and that and black panther wakanda they're highly advanced in technology so i'm really excited to think or to see if that has anything to do with it maybe it doesn't but i'm really excited to see what's going to happen there um, if that's a thing. And then side note too, real quick, right now the rumor is Okoye, uh, Danny Guerrero from The Walking Dead is going to become Black Panther briefly, not permanently, but briefly. And then eventually Shuri will become uh, Black Panther. But I think that if that's true, that's phenomenal. I think that's great. Um, since they didn't want to recast T'Challa, um, I think Okoye playing as uh, taking on the mantle makes a lot of sense. So just sidebar on that. So anyways, so now I'm really curious to see what that if that's going to tie to that. But yeah, you never see you never see what the other Avengers. So now it makes you wonder. Okay, at the end of the movie, you see this. You know, you see it on the news, so everyone's aware of this. What's going to happen there? Not only does what does it mean to everyone on Earth with the Celestial or with the with the Avengers and all that and the Eternals, um, but just in general in the world and the galaxy and the universe. I mean, a freaking Celestial, is, and it, mind you, I don't the Celestial is not dead. It's kind of, they, they, they kind of just put it back to sleep. He's kind of just like frozen there. So he's not dead. So you literally got like a hibernating celestial on earth. So I don't know that I still can't wrap my mind around that. Like that, that's just so amazing. It's, it's, it makes me bring a lot of questions into play. Fantastic four comes to mind. Galactus comes to mind. If you know, if Galactus will just become a celestial or if we'll get a proper one, because if I remember correctly, Galactus, he, um, uh, briefly in the comic, I could be wrong here, but I believe he essentially liked to eat um, planets because he knew the planets were uh, impregnated, essentially with um, with uh, celestials, and it ate them. So now that we know that Earth has a celestial, does that mean Galactus is going to come and try to devour the planet? Um, who knows? So I- I'm telling you, like. If you didn't leave that, if you watched this movie and you left like, oh, I don't know what I just saw. The pacing was off. Like the ending wasn't as climatic or, and I'm quoting some of my people I spoke to and I'm sorry, I apologize. But anyways, you're not the only ones. I've read a lot of things online 
on uh, on social media and whatnot. I'm sorry, man. Like, just that fact is intense. Like, that's the biggest thing. If there's anything you take away from this movie, go watch it again. It's focus anytime there's conversations between the Celestial, information being thrown out about the Celestials. That is the biggest takeaway from this film. It's not the Eternals. The Eternals will have another film. They have to. Um, obviously, a couple of them perish. Um, at the end of the movie, the, the Celestial Ashram takes, um, oh, my God. Because three of them left. If I remember correctly, they split up the Eternals. There's only six or seven left. Um, so three, I don't remember. Hold on. Let me see if I can. Let's see here. So Thena, Drew, and Makari, they leave in the spaceship called Domo to pretty much try and help find um, other Eternals. Because obviously they're just, they're the same. They're done everywhere. Uh, they, they just, the Celestial... Uh, pretty much sends them and does this everywhere. That's how he creates his little baby form of Celestials. Um, so they're off to go and find and, and stop, um, you know, try to help the other Eternals out there. And then Cersei, uh, Fastos, and Kingo, and technically Sprite remain back on Earth. And the uh, Celestial that sent them there, Arsham, I'm not even saying that right, am I? What the hell is his name? Arsham. Uh, pretty much captures them. And says, you know, for the time being, this planet will be protected. Because he's pissed. They obviously, like, went against what he would, what their mission was. Um, and he says, all right, I'm going to protect this planet for now. But I'm going to take you guys with me. And I'm going to search through your memories and see if it's worth saving. That is huge. For one, it makes a big appearance. Which, honestly, now, if they ever do Galactus, it's like, okay, I guess we can see Galactus. But, like, that whole ending of the movie was a very Galactus thing and it was amazing. I freaking loved it. It was, it was just great. Um, and the fact that he takes them to search their memories, they're going to see basically seven, 7,000 years of data. And not only is it just through mankind and you know, their humanity and what they've learned. Cause that's probably what he's going to learn, but he's going to see what they, they, I'm sure they've seen things of the Avengers. They're going to see, you know, the events of Endgame, Thanos, infinity war, like, all that stuff. Um, Kingo is, uh, which is, uh, what's his name? Come on. Not just, he's a fan of Captain America. So he's going to, you know, he's going to learn things about Captain America and what he's done. Like, it's intense. Like, I, I don't, again, I don't, I don't understand how people don't understand how big of a deal what happened in this movie is to the MCU, to phase four. Like, it's crazy. Um, but anyways, I digress. I think it's, it's great. I'm really excited. There are two post credit scenes. The first post credit scene, uh, was a little kind of out there. The, uh, you see a CG characters, like a little, um, oh God, what was it? It was like a, it was like a little goblin. I don't want to say goblin. It was like a little gimp. I don't know, troll or something, but it was terrible CGI. Um, and then you see another character, the Eternal Eros. Now, if you don't know these characters, or technically Star Fox, I'm sorry, not Star Fox from Nintendo 64. You see uh, uh, the brother of Thanos. Now, if you didn't, uh, if you saw this and you're like, oh, why? And it's played by Harry Styles, by the way. And you're like, oh, what this? Who's this guy? Because again, this is a deep cut character. Um, I know very little about this character. I read the Infinity War. Or no, the Infinity Gauntlet comic book, and that's where I've seen the character before. So that's why when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, okay, I know who this guy is." Um, 
interesting. It's going to be an interesting take, interesting where they go with this. Um, really excited to see that. The other big thing was at the second post-credits scene, Dane Whitman, Kit Harrington character. If you don't know who that is, that is the Black Knight. And they definitely hint him throughout the movie. And in the post credit scene, you see him open up the case for the Ebony Blade. I am super excited to see the Black Knight, especially played by Kit Harrington. The other big thing a lot of people didn't realize is he's about to grab the Ebony Sword. You hear a voice that tells him, are you sure you want to be t- doing that? Nobody, know who that? nobody knew who that was. I didn't know it was at the time, but then I found out after. That was Marshala Ali blade that was the voice of blade you don't see him you hear him and so that is the very first sound appearance not really appearance you don't see him but sound anything first time blade is in the mcu and so we're gonna see kit harrington's character pan out uh more in that i'm really excited uh there was a comic run where blade and black knight teamed up and it had to do with a little more like vampires and stuff so i'm pretty excited to see where that's going to go um and then we did know that uh blade marshall is uh gonna be making his actual first physical appearance in the uh disney plus show moon knight played uh, featuring oscar isaac so blade will probably appear there first and then we'll see his movie so i'm pretty pumped for that i mean again the biggest thing about this movie is the future of what's to come i i can't i'm so excited and that's why i really love this film because it had a lot of it not only did it tell a great story about these characters and everything but there was a lot of world building going on and that's one thing i love about these marvel films is when they do the world building and then it ties you know there's a big payoff at the end kind of how we spent 10 years and we got avengers infinity war and endgame um hell even the first avengers you know we've seen these what five movies and then we got avengers and it was just such a great payoff um, so I'm really, really excited to see what's going on, um, what the future is here. Again, Celestials is a big, big deal. If you don't, if you, if that wasn't your takeaway from this movie, just how big of a deal everything that had to do with the Celestials, I'm sorry. I could understand your disappointment, I guess. Um, read some comics, go on Wiki, go back and watch some of the other movies, specifically the Guardians movies, the first one. Like, Celestials are a big deal. And, the fact that Earth now has one, essentially at its core, oh, oh my God. And I cannot wait for the Black Knight. I am excited to see more about the Eternals. Um, I'm sure if they do a sequel, we'll get a little more action now that we've kind of, again, it's an origin story. We had 10 characters to establish. So, of course, it was going to, you know, be a little bit different. Um, you know, kind of felt like a little bit of an indie film, more character focused driven uh, story and not so much action this, action there. But, um, yeah, I, I really would like to dive more into it, but I think uh, another person here, another fan, would be a little more uh, entertaining for you guys. Again, this was just a review. Um, I can definitely talk more about it, uh, but I won't. I'm sure I missed a couple things here and there. I just wanted to kind of pinpoint the highlights of this film for me. Um, and, again, I give it three and a half stars because the deviants were pointless. Um there's always that question, where are the other Avengers? What's going on? Even just to kind of get a notion, even they didn't have to make an appearance or anything, but just some some type of clue uh, would have been great because it's hard for me to believe after what they've gone through in Endgame and Infinity War that they're going to let a freaking Celestial start peering out of Earth and no one's going to come by and ask questions. Like, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
that's that's my that's my take on this movie. I think uh, it's really it's good. Um, you know, I don't know if it's my top five, top ten, because again, the main thing that made me love this movie most is just the world building. Like, again, I cannot stress it enough just how huge it is with the with the Celestials' in, uh, presence and everything. Cannot wait for Black Knight, especially now finding out that that was Blade's voice at in the post credit scene. Oh my god! Um, and then if they make another Eternals, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. We'll see where it goes. Um, you know, uh, but yeah. That's it. Three and a half stars. And go watch it. And if you have watched it, hit me up. I love to talk more about it.